You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome in, folks, to this post-game live stream and also going to be repurposed as our post-game podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon here with Chris Flum to react to the New York Giants week three loss to the Atlanta Falcons. They lost by the score of 17 to 14, now putting the New York Giants at the wonderful record of 0-3 after three weeks of football. Seemingly, yet again, <laughs> another game where Watching the entirety of it, seems like the Giants have a, a strong hold on their opponent, are in a perfect scenario to win a, a football game, not a close football game, but win the game by potentially more than just one score. But for whatever reason, could not pull away. Actually, we can kind of pinpoint some of those reasons. Can't even say for whatever reason anymore. Yeah, no, we, we can figure <laughs> this one out. <laughs> right. We know the mistakes, and that's what we're going to cover today. But they had opportunities. Plenty of opportunities to just pull this game away, and it just felt like they let Atlanta hang around, a team that has a veteran quarterback who, in a situation where they needed a game-winning drive, of course he was going to string something together to win the football game. But Chris, man, this the frustration is continuing to mount, and I'm sure we're going to see it in the comments in the live stream. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you could hear it in the stands at the game. The crowd just switched on a dime. They went from cheering their heads off to just trying to boo the team off the field. Uh, I would say Giants fans are fed up. In fact, uh, John Merritt got booed at halftime. Uh, I don't know about the broadcast you saw, but mine, I didn't see anything but uh, Eli's very closing remarks. And, you know, I, I think the natives are more than a little restless. Yeah, and justifiably so. This was a, a game that I, I think a lot of people were generally excited for. For one, the Eli Manning retirement at halftime, the jersey retirement. That was a really big deal. Everybody was talking about it going into the week. But then additionally, I think that you and I both felt this way. And I think most people felt this way, that this was probably their best chance to get an easy win and maybe figure out some of their issues. But as I was saying in the intro, because they allowed them to hang in in this game so long and they couldn't put up any points up on the board that's really really what hindered them and, and we're going to break down some of that stuff chris but i, I want to go into these injuries first and just get them covered because the injuries played a significant role in this game the losing blake martinez to a knee injury very very early on they also lose sterling shepherd who came up lame with a, a hamstring issue and then we also lose darius slayton did not have him for uh, this game with a, also with a hamstring issue. And frankly, I, I think if you look at those positions specifically, those are the spots where the Giants had the most issues. They were allowing some plays up the middle. They were allowing some first downs. 
um, you know, some rushing first downs because of not having Blake Martinez. And then the fact that Colin Johnson ended up being one of the, the most productive receivers in this game is a pretty clear indication that they they just could not effectively move the ball and not having two of your better receivers is going to hinder that. Yeah. Uh, I got to say, Colin Johnson was, you know, if we're looking for silver linings, kind of a pleasant surprise to come out of this game. Uh, you know, losing Sterling Shepard definitely hurt. I liked the, what they did moving Kenny Galladay into the slot. I thought that was a good move on their part. And putting Colin Johnson on the field, he, he made some nice catches. Uh, obviously not enough, but it's nice to know they at least have a little bit of depth there if either one of these uh, hamstring injuries lingers. You know, Giants are back on a back on a regular week schedule, and we've talked about this a bunch before. Hamstrings are tricky, and you know both of these guys that both Shepard and Slayton they got pulled off the field. Uh, they didn't even really try to get back on. So I, it's way too early to offer a prognosis or say how long they'll be out. But at this point, I'd kind of be a little bit surprised if we see either of them next week. So at least it's good we saw something at least a little bit promising from Colin Johnson. You know, Blake Martinez, that one definitely hurt. We saw the Giants have to burn timeouts on defense to get the play call right. That got that kind of loomed large at the end of the game. And also, the Falcons were able to run the ball. Yeah, it happened more in the second half towards the end of the third quarter. But Mike Davis finished with 50 yards on 12 carries, which doesn't sound like much, but 4.2 yards per carry is, yeah, that was enough. That was enough for them to really stay ahead of the chains. It was enough to make the run a threat that the Giants had to honor. And that, I think, towards the end of the game, when we saw their defense kind of evaporate, leading to basically a game-winning 10 points for the Falcons. Yeah, That, I think, was a big reason why. Right, and we're used to seeing this Giants defense completely choke down running games and have really good performances. And honestly, I think you can pinpoint some of those late-game mishaps where they allowed some big rushing plays. Mike Davis was able to pick up um, you know, some some chunk yardage. Cordero Patterson was able to pick up some chunk yardage. I think if you have Blake Martinez on the field, he can eliminate some of those plays. So that certainly does factor into it. The, that loss of Blake Martinez, and hopefully he's back and available relatively soon because as we know, that is the probably one of the best players, if not the best player right now so far this season on this Giants defense. I, I want to dissect one thing here, Chris, and I, I think that just overarching, simple way to explain this. It's continuously been the same story that we've seen over the past couple of years. We talked about the last two live streams. An inability to finish drives, so two field goals, uh, multiple instances where they were approaching the 50-yard line, they got past the 50-yard line, that ends in a punt. And then you know, not being able to finish those drives is partially because they can't run the football. Saquon Barkley, only 16 for... 50 yards. He does have a rushing touchdown, but it felt like he's still not really 100% fully there yet, and it doesn't help that they're not really creating much room for him to run between the tackles. No, they aren't. I think the Falcons' defensive line played better than a lot of people thought it would against the Giants' offensive line, which, granted, is beat up, but still. But I think that's really it. The, The Giants can't get Saquon Barkley going. He had some big chunk plays, but then he would also have... some 
really harmful losses where he'd try to dance in the backfield like he used to do. You know, like we saw him do his first two years in the league where he'd, you know, be in the backfield, stop on a dime, drop his hips, try to make two, three defenders miss and then explode. And we're just not seeing that from him yet. Now, hopefully he'll get there. He'll get to that point. But for right now, he he has to eliminate that from his game. And that does kind of take away from what makes him so electric. But the Giants don't need electric right now. They need consistency. Yeah, and it doesn't help that you don't have Devontae Booker and you have to rely on Eli Penny to get some of those carries, which he did a decent job. But I think what we're seeing right now, like you just spoke on, is that Saquon's trying to do that that pitter-patter dance stuff that he does behind the line of scrimmage. Those holes aren't there. But on top of that, he's not really 100% back, I feel, because you can see that he can't really explode the same way that he used to. There's instances in the past where he's done that and he's picked up yards. But right now he's doing it. He's kind of getting stuck in his in the ground as if he's not picking up any any yards because he's just not able to push off the same way he used to be. And then he's getting tackled at the line of scrimmage. He needs to just come up field and take the yards that are given to him. Understandably, there's usually not much, but it's better to take a two-yard gain than a, a, a loss or a stop at the line of scrimmage. And I think that that's going to continually hurt Barkley until he realizes, all right, I might not have that same push-off like I used to. I just need to use my size and my strength to pick up those yards by maybe carrying some guys or just pushing through uh, whoever's trying to make a tackle. Yeah, yeah. At this point, even though Barkley had a long run of 15 yards, which is, yeah, that is a respectable rush. It, it was the longest run of the game. He, he had enough of those little one to two yard stops or yeah, stops at the line of scrimmage or two, three yard losses that he still only averaged just over three yards per carry. Now, granted, the that one touchdown run kind of eats into the into his average a little bit, but still, he, right now he is just too feast or famine. And I have to say this, and frankly, I don't care if people disagree with me on this one. I don't think Daniel Jones did anything in terms of putting the Giants in a position to lose this game. I don't think he did anything wrong. I don't think any blame should go on Daniel Jones's head. He had a pretty good performance. He threw for 24 for 35 and 266, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, you know, like that's a that's a good performance. But the problem that we keep seeing, and I, I freaking say it every single week, is you can't run the football, so the guy has to do everything, and he's not the type of quarterback that can just do everything. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Patrick Mahomes. And there's very few guys in the NFL or that, that are that capable in a very difficult circumstance where everything else is shut down, where he can take over the game. You're not going to get a guy like that at, at, at your starting quarterback. It's just very, very hard to get one of those guys. So if you can't run the football and he's doing his job and, he, and he's being relatively effective, this offense isn't going to score more than 14 points. So something needs to give at some point if they can't run the football. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to disagree just a little bit on Jones. He needs to place the football better. Uh, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> I say, I, okay, good. <laughs> this is something I've noticed through the first three games, you know, the first two games and then this game. Jones has been playing with fire with his placement of the football. We've noticed either... He, making guys as big as Kenny Galladay and Colin Johnson uh, jump to full extension, uh, Sterling Shepard lay out horizontal to the ground, throw the ball six feet behind Devonta Booker. Uh, it is 
kind of amazing at this point that one of those passes hasn't been tipped up and intercepted. Yeah. Uh, so far, I've counted at least two passes in each game that should have been intercepted, which, you know, why don't we use that as a segue to go over <laughs> to the biggest should have been, would have been, could have been of the game. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, multiple interceptions that would have gotten the Giants defense off the field. And, and that was stupidly lucky that a Dory Jackson play him, him dropping that football. That that for me was was the ultimate frustration, because, again, it goes in line with everything that we've talked about throughout this and see this this season so far. And also last season where they're in positions to win football games, but for whatever reason, they cannot finish. Dropping an interception, an easy interception, literally didn't have to do anything but catch the football. It, it, it would have been, the game would have been over. It would have been done. Yeah, that that was a gift of an interception in the end zone. Uh, it was a terrible pass by Matt Ryan. The timing just looked off that whole play for the Falcons. I think the ball might have even have gotten tipped. And you know, granted, it would have been a tough catch, but still, if, if you are a cornerback, especially one with the history that a Dory Jackson has, where you know he was just a weapon at USC. He only played cornerback full-time for one season. He was a, a return specialist. I believe he even took some snaps on offense. That's one you have to have. You have to get your hands on that. Or if you get your hands on it, you have to come down with it. Because like you said, that ends the game. And instead, what what happens? A few, few plays later, down Falcons. And that basically winds up being the difference in the game. Yeah, I, I had this horrible feeling uh, you know, like in my gut. As soon as he drops that ball, uh, I immediately knew that they were going to score. Just yep. based on circumstance <laughs> right yeah history circumstance and just based on pure luck the fact that he dropped that that only meant that it was going to go in the opposite direction for the giants when they could have iced the game but um I, I will say though chris defensively they did play very well we made note of that in 
in our things that we wanted to talk about on this show that only allowing 17 points is a strong performance, only allowing 296 yards and then 227 passing with three sacks was a pretty strong day. We have another Aziz Ojolari sack in this one, and they were also did a pretty effective job in choking down Kyle Pitts, who we know is a very, very explosive weapon for that that Falcons offense. But the defensively, they did well. They just were put in a really difficult spot on those final two drives. Yeah. it At this point, it's getting really frustrating that the Giants' defense just seems to evaporate at the end of halves. You know, they played really well, pardon me, for about three and a half quarters. The only problem is, is the last two minutes or so of their of the first half, they kind of forgot how to football. And then at the last, what was it, six minutes? No, that was about an eight-minute drive. So... Yeah, maybe the the second half of the fourth quarter. Again, Atlanta found it way too easy to move the football. All of a sudden, Kyle Pitts started to get loose. Uh, the Giants completely forgot about Cordero Patterson. It, the run defense finally broke down. And unfortunately, just those few mistakes from a defense that was probably tired and was put in a terrible position by an offense that just couldn't get traction, couldn't couldn't finish their drives, but yeah, they, they just finally broke. I think any other circumstance on any other with any other offense, the way that they've played over these first three games defensively, that, that's winning football. If you're only allowing around 20 points per game, that's all you need to do to win football in the National Football League these days because of how high scoring some of these games are. So to, to pull down 17 points which should have been probably only seven. It's a great football game. But as we're seeing continuously, they're put in disadvantageous situations because they have to play closeout defense after playing complete closeout defense the entirety of the game. It's just, it's unsustainable at this point where they can't keep, you know, keep guys out of the end zone the entirety of the game. They've been doing well enough. It's just the offense continues to hang them out the dry, I feel. Yeah, and... The the well the team in general and the offense in particular just too many flags uh, penalties just mistakes again and again you know we had between the two teams twenty penalties last week I feel like it's it had to be close to that again this week you know, I messaged you during the game as I said it's like it feels like every time a whistle blows after a play, I'm looking for a flag. I'm almost not even looking to see what the result of the play was because I feel like it's <laughs> going to be either the ball's either going to be advancing forward because of the refs or, or going backwards because of the refs. Right, right. Yeah, no, this, I, I think overall, the, that pretty much sums up what we're getting at with this game is the inability to finish those drives is pretty much the, you know, the key point to, to, to harp on the inability to run the football, which we've seen over the last, three games is another reason why they've they've lacked success. I almost wonder, is this an offense that needs to go out and bring in a different running back at this point? And I'm not saying replace Saquon Barkley, but if, if they want to be competitive and try and fix something quick, do they need to change the faces that are in the running back room? And, and Devontae Booker's done decently. He's not been, he wasn't available for this game, 
But I almost wonder if you need to go get somebody a little bit more dynamic so you can actually run the football the way that they want to. That could be an answer. And I'd also like to know why Jason Garrett went away from what has been working for the last year with the inside runs. You know, we already said that Atlanta's defensive front played better than I think anyone thought they did. And the Giants do have those injuries on their offensive interior. But their inside runs, the man-gap power runs, the counter-tray runs, the inside zone runs, that that has been the foundation of their offense going back to last year. And those are plays they execute well. And for some reason, they just kind of drifted away from it. Now, maybe that is, those are plays that Ben Bredesen and Billy Price don't execute quite execute as well. But yeah, it, that might be a question we have to go back to the tape to look at. Yeah, watching the tape is always something fun that we love enjoying uh, after a silly loss like this one. But <laughs> I think that's a good note to, to wrap us up on. Uh, we're going to be coming at you guys with a, a film breakdown episode on our podcast feed like we typically do. Uh, you can just catch that wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search up Big Blue View. We'll do that on Tuesday. That'll be released early in the morning. Uh, be sure to hit the subscribe button wherever you guys are tuning in. And we'll talk to you soon.